You're listening to the Disciple Community Podcast, sermons, teachings, and timely words from the Disciple Community Gathering at The Source Wichita in Wichita, Kansas. For more audio, video, and other resources for Christian growth and encouragement, visit thesourcewichita.com. Awesome. I have uh, on the screen this scripture from Jude. Um, So we do something called Kingdom Builders. And it's uh, me, Kim, and Christine. And so we write blogs and we record a podcast. And so I wrote about this in the, uh, in the blog that we send out to supporters. So it was like a newsletter. Um, but I want to kind of expound on it. It's a simple message, but it really impacted me the other night. Does anybody know where First Peter is? <laughs> Second Peter. There it is. <laughs> uh, these Bibles. So, um, yeah, I want to expound on it a little bit and just take take a moment tonight and just do a little bit of teaching, uh, but I also want to make sure that we do some conversation around some of this stuff as well. And so, um, we've got this Jude scripture on the, uh, on the screen, but I also want you guys to maybe thumb into your um, Bibles, Second uh, Peter, we're going to be in chapter 1, and I'm going to read a pretty good chunk, verse 3 through uh, 11, and so if, yeah, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 11, so I'll give you a moment to get there, page, what, page 830 in this Bible. So, praise the Lord. I just, you know, who was it? Somebody reminded me. Gosh, maybe it was Cat. You guys know Cat. Um, she called me the other day because somebody we know she thought was in the hospital, and I haven't gotten any kind of confirmation on that or not to really go into depth. But we got to talking about some stuff, and and she was talking about how. She, she knows that the Lord has called her to ministry, uh, but she's not like a minister from the pulpit and that, you know, she can minister to anybody anywhere at any time and and that we should really be looking for opportunity to do that. And uh, and it just reminded me, like, you know, the Lord is, he's, he's gifted me, I believe, um, to teach and to preach. And um, I do it here, but, you know, so I've gotten to the point to where, honestly, like sometimes in my heart, I think, oh, I don't want to teach. <laughs> which is silly. And it's one of those things where I, I don't feel like I, like I don't always have a word, you know, but when the Lord gives it to me, like I, I want to be able to, you know, I want to get excited about sharing that. And so that's just kind of how I feel tonight. Like I want, I'm excited about sharing this. And again, I want to open up some conversation around it, but I just need to like, I guess, publicly, corporately repent of thinking like, no, I don't want to do that. Because, I, I mean, I'm invigorated, like my spirit's like, you right now. And so I just want to talk about some of this stuff. Uh, let me pray, and we'll just focus on the Father and, and Spirit and see um, how this is going to come out. So, <clears throat> Jesus, uh, we know that in the scriptures that we're looking at today, we're uh, we're looking to you as the one who... Um, you, you've made everything possible for us. You're the firstborn of, uh, of many. Um, you were 
firstborn in the the resurrection. Uh, you're the firstborn of many brothers, and and so and we thank you for leading the way for us in that, and and making a way for us as well. And so we lean on you for all things. Um, we thank you for your blood that has brought us to the place where we are as sons and daughters of the living God. You've forgiven our sins and we are without blemish and without wrinkle. In Isaiah, um, the scripture says, come now, let us settle the matter. In another scripture, it says, let it, or in the, in the same one, different interpretation says, come now, let us reason together. Um, though you, you're, you were as uh, red as crimson, I, I will make you white as snow. Um, and so you, you've done the work. You, you've already done that. It's it's done. There's there's nothing else to do. It, it is finished. And and that's who we are, God. And I and I pray that you speak to our identities tonight, and that we are free from sin. For some of us, we know this. For some of us, we we carry around shame and guilt. It's still a message that needs to come forth. We need the reminders. And Paul talks about that. Or excuse me, Peter talks about that as we'll. we'll We'll see in a moment. But God, yeah, I just want to focus on you, Lord, your spirit through me. I'm a vessel, pour me out. God, I pray that I'm used to build up the body and encourage the body here tonight. Uh, Father, I pray and I thank you that your words are are sharp and they cut and they divide soul and spirit and they and they judge the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. And so we just put ourselves before you tonight in this place of judgment. And so would you speak over us and and, and, and speak into those places where we need exactly what you have to say to us tonight. And so thank you for, uh, if there's 20 people here, thank you for giving 20 messages to the hearts and the minds of your children, and uh, that I get to do that. Um, I get to partner with you in that. And so lead and guide my words in, in this time tonight. In your name, amen. Okie doke. So let me read this real quick here in Jude uh, chapter 1. Uh It says, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Um, It's That scripture's packed, uh, but I want to focus on just the very beginning of this. So the other night I was... I was looking through, uh, I just opened my, my app and uh, I found somebody talking about, I was on Facebook and I saw somebody talking about um, the book of Enoch and, or excuse me, Enoch and, and something else and um, I can't remember what it had to deal with, but they quoted Jude where Jude talks about what Enoch prophesied and so I start to read it and I'm just like, oh, okay, and didn't really get much out of it and then I scroll down and just finish the chapter because it's not that long, come on, I can read one chapter and uh, and so I hit this scripture and it just, it jumped off the page to me and it just really spoke to my heart in that moment. And it just said, to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. And it just kind of blew my mind like, and reminded me that it's his work that he does, right? He does this for us. He has done it. He's able to keep us from stumbling. Now, Something that I know about myself is that for the majority of my life, I've stumbled to certain st- uh, sins. Um, I've stumbled in my flesh. Um, I've done things I'm not supposed to do. 
I've blatantly, knowingly stumbled on, on things, uh, knowing that I'm going to, yeah, like, hey, I'm going to sin, right? And, uh, and so because this happens and has happened for so long, I still view myself oftentimes as a, sin, a sinner and a stumbler, right? Like, and I still view myself uh, sometimes as this, like, you know, dirty sinner person, like, going to the Father. And, and when I present myself to the Father in this manner, I'm misrepresenting myself, and I'm misrepresenting the work that Christ has already done for us. And I have essentially chosen to ignore the words of God and the work of God that is true about who I am. I'm just completely ignoring reality. Or for some reason, still having a a stronghold or something that's blocking me from viewing myself in this way. Um, And so Christine, when she talks about and teaches us and leads us into the heavenlies and we present ourselves before the Father, it's always Jesus leading us to the Father, right? She always says, you know, Jesus, we commit our imagination to you. Um, Thank you for your blood. We we usually take communion or whatever it is, and, and, you know, we... We cover ourselves, we clothe ourselves in Christ, and then we approach the Father, we, and then we approach Him with boldness, right? We approach the throne to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. We always need mercy and grace, but we present ourselves clothed in Christ. And so when I, in my flesh, with an improper understanding of my identity based on what has already been done and what is true about who I am in Christ, when I present myself, I present myself in, incorrectly, improperly. With disregard, right? Or having exact, so yeah, that's where I was going. So versus, yes. So versus allowing Jesus to present me before him without fault and with great joy. And it's just, I, I believe it's a matter of aligning our, our mind, our heart, our spirit, whatever it is, even aligning our thoughts, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, like really kind of dialing in on that and, and saying, okay, I, by faith, right, I, I am stepping into how Jesus is presenting me and, 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 you know, essentially existing, agreeing with that. And so as I am presented to the Father and, and you know, whether I'm in mean, prayer or whatever, engaging, whatever we call it, however we address, approach the Father, um, we're doing it in the way that Christ is, is doing it, right, presenting us. And so here he is, he's, He's without blemish, right? I mean, this is how Jesus presents us. And the work is done. And it's. I think we have to get out of this place of even... So this is, this is blowing my mind as I'm thinking about it, and I'm going to get into Peter, and I feel like it's going to kind of tie together. But he's able to keep us from stumbling. How many of us stumble? Like... So I've heard this. I, I've heard multiple schools of thought on this. Someone would be like, well, you're just going to struggle with sin your entire life, and it's just going to have to be something that you battle. And just because of the battles that I know that I've existed in my entire life, I believe that, right? And a lot of us believe it. I have friends who are just like, well, I'm just, it's just going to be my cross to bear my entire life. Right. It's a lie from the enemy. I submit to you this evening that it, so 
I heard somebody say, the goal is to not sin. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the goal as much as it is a potential. Right? So, and, and so let me put it this way. In Christ, there is the potential and the ability to not stumble. Because Jesus, as he walked the face of the earth, he lived in such a way that he was always connected to the heart and the will of the Father, and he only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what the Father said. So in tune with the heart of God, a 100% full representation of the Father ushering in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He's, usher, he's bringing heaven to earth. He is existing fully, 100% in the will of the Father the entire time. No sin whatsoever. Right, anything is possible for him who believes. The Spirit of God lives in us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. right? And we're connected with him by the Spirit. There's communion. It's by the Spirit that we cry, Abba, Father. We can exist in such a way that we can discern and know what the perfect will of the Father is. This is possible in the kingdom, in our relationship. And to exist in such a way that we're always 100% connected and always doing the will of the Father is possible when it's actually His will. And so our destiny on earth is to be conformed into the image of Christ. And so He also said, everything that I've done, you're going to do and do greater. So if Jesus lived here and existed perfectly without sin, in sync with the will and the heart and the mind of the Father, and now he lives in us, is that not possible? Yes, absolutely. Interject. Come up here. We can co-teach. I don't care. Let's do it. No, get passionate, because I'm passionate. So I would say, um, I would go one step further and say that... Um, Sin isn't about doing, which is kind of um, what it sounded like you were saying, whether it is or not. Sin isn't about doing right or wrong. Again, that's eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So sin is really, it is, it is being separated from your true eternal image your identity that is true in the heavenly realms. And so where God created you before the foundation of the earth, that is who you truly are. And coming outside of that is sin. So when you, when anyone would say, this is, this is just who I am, I will always struggle with this, blah, 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 you are coming outside of your eternal image and you are rejecting the truth, even though it may not be intentional, that's what the sin is. What you have to do, it's all about transforming, having him transform your mind every day, right? And so if we can just come under the transformation, then that is what draws us out of the right and wrong in doing this. Because what has really happened? I'm going to use you for an example because you were talking about yourself earlier. But, you know, you have this certain sin that you've always run back to, right? And it seems impossible to step outside of that. When you're dealing with this, it does. And you um, take it on as part of your identity. Like, this is who I am. This is my struggle. I'm just this kind of person, whatever. And when you recognize that, I think it's really important to recognize that when you see patterns like that, when you say things like, my sin, my whatever it is, 
that it's a familiar spirit that is attached to you from long ago. Could be even generational. But whatever it is, it's something that you need to recognize and cut the ties from that. Because otherwise, you will, you've basically you have covenant somewhere in you or your bloodline with that sin and with that spirit. And so you're taking that spirit on as part of your identity, which is so dangerous, right? It's the wrong spirit. So when we, when we come in line and we take Holy Spirit on as part of our identity, everything shifts. And we go, no, this is who I am. This is when we go, I can't sing that song anymore that says, I'm a sinner. If it's not one thing, it's another. Whatever. That's not true. We have to quit singing things like that. We have to quit saying things like that. Because that's not the truth. The truth is, is that he can present us without fault or blemish because we're coming into him and we have to step into him in order for him to do that that's being conformed to his image we actually step into him and it's through him that we can be presented like that because otherwise you know we're stuck here with well i have to do enough good in order to be presented which isn't even a reality okay that's all i had to say so what I want to do real quick is I want to go to Second Peter and read this because it confirms this. Um, it's kind of saying the same thing. So it says, yeah, yeah, Second Peter chapter 1, we're starting in verse 3. And so Peter says, and Kim, I give you credit for me even knowing where this is in the Bible because... You read this a long time ago, and you're like, why aren't we teaching this? Well, here I am, four years later, teaching it. The Lord led me, slowly but surely. He led me, but don't call me Shirley. <laughs> oh, somebody, we were joking. I think it was me and Casey, and he was like, surely uh, something in gladness will follow me all my days. And God's like, that is true, but don't call me Shirley. <laughs> That's a biblical joke there. So let me read this. Check it out. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Right? We're already seeing some correlation to Jude. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Do you guys see this? That being in Christ, we partake in the divine nature. What is that divine nature? That we've escaped the corruption of evil desires, which means we've been separated from sin. Holy means to be set apart. We, we get Holy Spirit. We get set apart spirit. What does that mean? Set apart from the world? No, we're set apart from sinful, evil ways. He divides us from that, from that death nature, from that sinful nature. He divides us from that by His Spirit. And we partake in divine nature that in Him is no evil, right? And so, I mean, take that how you want. But through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So in him we've escaped that, right? And so what is possible for us as we exist in Christ? Complete and utter obedience, 
right? Not thinking, how do I not sin, but saying, God, what do I do? Completely different existence, right? But what do we do? And look, I'm just as guilty. We go back. Hush, Siri. I think I said seriously. Couple, when we started Disciple Community, whenever it was, two years ago now, a year, when we started Sunday morning services a year and a half ago, I'm, I mean, some of those first sermons that I preached were like really sin heavy, like, oh, we got to get rid of sin, we got to get rid of sin. I mean, just a lot of that stuff. And I listen back now. I mean, I thought I was in a good place then. And still my mentality was off, you know? And so, right. So it's not living a life of trying not to sin. It's living a life in relationship with God and saying, what do I do? Right? That it is sourcing from the one who is the source of all knowledge uh, or uh, source of good or evil. But when we source from him and his divine nature, we are only capable of good and divine nature, which is incapable of evil and sin. Do you see this? It's a completely different existence. Why is no one teaching this? I'm sure they are. Just haven't heard it. (laughs) I'm not. Yeah. Anyways. But we've been, it's been so like hammered into us, you know, and, uh, on our podcast the other day, Christopher and I were talking about this because, you know, he was saying that he's he's got some guilt and some shame about some of the things that he's uh, questioning about his faith and, like, the Lord's kind of shaking some things up in his life and he's just like, for the first time in a long time or for the first time ever, he feels like the only, he feels like he's in a place where he only has God and he doesn't know, like, he can't look to the church. He doesn't feel like he could look to scriptures or anybody around him. He feels alone with God. He says it's a scary place. And I said, that's exactly where he wants you because now you only have one source. And we went back to this entire the source thing. And just, I praise the Lord that that prophetic name has just weaved itself throughout the years into everything that we're saying and doing. It always goes back to him. And we talked about in the very beginning when we started the source is that our purpose is to plug people in, get them rooted into the source. Because when that happens, we don't bear the fruit of sin. We bear the fruit of righteousness. We bear our fruit in season, and everything that we do prospers, and our leaf does not wither. Right? And so what it's talking about there in Psalm 1, it says, he who meditates on the word of the Lord, like, right, who, who doesn't look to other places, but looks to the Lord, he is like the tree that's planted. The tree that's planted is the tree that sources from the Father, the only one, the one and only true source. But without knowing it, we've continued to source from death, right? The knowledge of good brings death. I mean, how hard is that to comprehend? I can know good things, and that will bring death. I need to know Him, and that brings life. You know, a lot of people, we we navigate this life, and we try and be right and wrong in everything, right? Even in our relationships, well, He's right and I'm wrong. I mean, I've talked all about this all the time. But love and the Father supersedes knowledge of good and evil. And we're, what are we doing all day long? Well, what is right? What is wrong? What does it say about abortion? What does it say about homosexuality? What does it say about this? What does it say about that? What does the Bible say? Is it biblical? Well, what are you... <laughs> mm, that's the best 
reaction to anything I've ever said to any sir. I mean, people hoot and holler and amen and jump up and down. They've never done that when I've taught, but just that, that little, mm, that's that little spirit. That's a holy, that was a holy high five. I felt that. That was good. But what are we doing, right? We, we're searching. Jesus, you search the scriptures because you think in them. You find eternal life. Yet you've refused to come to me. He's saying, you're sourcing from the wrong place, y'all. So, with that being said, there's a scripture, one that says, like, blessed is he who has a clean conscience before the Lord. Do you guys remember this? Something like that? There, there's a scripture that says something along those lines, like, to have a clear conscience before the Lord is a blessing. James says, he who knows the good he should do and does not sin, sins. Well, it's sin when it's not like I read this and I know the good I should do and I'm not doing it, so therefore I'm a sinner. It's that the Spirit of God that lives inside of us that Jesus promised, and He said of the Spirit, I'm getting an attitude now, Jesus said of the Spirit that He would convict the world concerning righteousness and sin and judgment. That the Spirit would be the one that would tell you whether or not you're sinning. And so, therefore, with the Spirit of God in me, He's saying, do this good, and I'm saying, no, I won't. That's sin. Do you understand? Because this has no power to convict a man apart from the Spirit of God. Does it? It doesn't. But it's a beautiful guide. I mean, I'm using it. Today, the Lord's using this to open up all sorts of wisdom and understanding and revelation and knowledge for us. All right? And so let me, let me continue. Dan, I see you. Give me just one second. Let me get through this. So it says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So what happens? What did I start off with? We have forgotten. We've forgotten that we've been cleansed. God said in Isaiah, come now, let us settle the matter. Though you were as red as crimson, I will make you as white as snow. He says, let us settle the matter. The gavel has hit, and the judgment has been made, and we are cleansed. Amen? We, he has settled the matter. And so what he's saying here in Peter, he's saying, look, whoever does not have these has, is nearsighted and blind, and he's forgotten. And so... Let me finish this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. So there it is again. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling. So Jesus is the one in him, with him, by him, through him. The potential to not stumble is there by his spirit in us. Peter goes on and he says, okay, make every effort. And so I'm going to murder this quote, but there's a guy who says that God's not opposed to effort, but he is opposed to works. There's a, there is a very clear separation of efforting in the faith versus working for, for righteousness. 
completely different. And so Peter, he um, encourages us here. In verse 12, he says, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. So Peter is saying, look, it is so important that you remember these things about who you are. Peter is promising here, as long as he's on the face of the planet in this body, he's going to make every effort to remind everybody of who they are in Christ. And that he's going to make sure that after he's gone, that they're going to remember those things. How important are these things? How important is this mindset, this mentality Right? How much? How important is this reality for us to effort to grasp and live in? But it's not by our efforts that we achieve, achieve it. It's by the potential that we have in Christ. And it is possible to not stumble. If you do these things, if you add these things, if you do these things, you will never stumble. Never stumble. Oh, you might slip up once in a while, but it's going to be okay because there's grace for that brother. Right? What are the things that we've heard versus what is actually reality? Man, I, I have some work to do, y'all. You guys, use guys, use everybody. I have some work to do. I have some efforting. Right? I can effort in my mind. God, remind me. I just efforted. I'm not working. Part- yes. Right. All the time. That's the effort. What is it? Time and attention. Time and attention. I'll preach it till I die, Chris. You've imprinted that in my spirit. Time and attention. Just just focus in. Oh, Lord. Yes. Thank you, God. Takes one moment. One moment. Right? And a couple weeks ago, I preached how all of creation is an invitation to return to focusing on the Lord. David said, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And that all of creation, since the very beginning of creation, all of God's, uh, all of his invisible qualities and his divine power have been made clear through what has been created so that no man is without excuse. So literally, the entirety of creation is an invitation for us to refocus on the Father. He's inviting us in with sunsets, with rain, morning dew, gust of wind, beaches, trees, butterflies, everything that he has made, he's inviting us to focus back on him. It's an invitation. Because how important is it then that we, we say, I'm, I'm going to effort. And it's not works. I'm not working. I'm, I'm living from and I'm living into Right? Like I'm refocusing my. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So focus where the renewing happens. Live into where the renewing, is ha- the renewing happens and realize that, I mean, as, I mean, for me, this is like cracking my head wide open because I have that, it's like that 
What did Paul call it? He called it a messenger of Satan, a thorn in his flesh to torment him day and night. God, take it away, take it away, take it away. My power is made perfect in weakness. As I continue to have a propensity to think differently than how I'm supposed to think, right? there's grace to continue to refocus and live into that. And so, like, I'm not going to speak that it's impossible. I'm going to speak that it's possible. But man, in my, my mind is struggling. My flesh is fighting. And so I've got some work to do. I don't know about you guys.